Hey, Dylan, did you hear that Nazem Kadri doesn't want to play for the Flames? Oh, man, I've been hearing that for years, but I could swear something just happened to prove that uh, whole thing wrong. Yeah, you're damn right. Brad decided otherwise. Uh, Chris and Dylan from the Armchair GM Podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Let's get into it. Well, Dylan, Brad pulled off an amazing uh, feat yet again today. He sure he, did. Yeah, right. He uh, brought in, uh, I guess, should we call it the second most sought after free agent for the uh, 22 offseason? Yeah, man. Um, and honestly, personally, I'm pretty excited about it, at least for the next couple of years. Um, it's it's going to be tough because it's, you know, Obviously, uh, anybody who's watching us right now will know that we picked up Nazem Kadri uh, of, for seven years uh, for $7 million a year. Um, now, they still haven't released anything about a, a no-trade clause or anything like that, but uh, it's going to be a rough last three years of that deal, probably, maybe four. But in my opinion our window to win is like two, three, maybe four years anyways. Yeah. So by the time that that contract becomes a problem, it's almost going to help us get a better pick by being ineffective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know both of us are not super pumped on this seven year because yeah. it'll be almost 39 when that contract expires, which is horrendous. Especially for but... his play style. Yeah, absolutely. He plays a little more aggressive and rough uh, yeah. style, so that 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 play doesn't play doesn't uh, do well for the body, right? No, you know, we know that uh, guys like that tend to shut it down a bit earlier than, uh, say, like a uh, Huberdo or or somebody that's a little more finesse, uh, a little less physical, a little less, you know, in the corners and fighting and stuff like that. Usually those guys last a little bit longer, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that is what we're, we were missing, right? With Kachuk leaving. We're, I mean, I'm not saying they're carbon copies of each other. Like Kachuk has a lot more skill, in my opinion. But mm -hmm. Kadri and Kachuk are, you know, similar style players. And yeah. that's what we were missing. That's what we needed. So we brought him in and what is it like? two and a half mil or something like that cheaper than Kachuk too. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly choked about it. What about you? Um, I'm not overly choked about it either. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it came in at the seven and not the nine plus that he was oh, asking. Man, um, me too. I mean, that, there's no way I was paying Nazem Kadri that. I, I'm sure there's people that would have, I'm not one of them. Um, especially when you start getting into the five plus seasons worth of it. Right. Uh, seven, seven mil is much easier to take. And I, I don't mind that, uh, that hit yeah. really at all, you know, for, for a top six center. Um, it, it really, it really shores up our, our center depth. You know, we got Lindholm, we got Kadri, got Backlund, and then I suppose, but Lewis on the fourth, um, or we can even slot in uh, Rizika 
which I, I would assume that once Brad gets back from Texas, that'll be uh, one of the things he's going to take and, care of. And Rooney too. And, mm-hmm. you know, it might not be ideal, but, you know, if we get decimated by injuries, you know, Dubé can play center too. We've got, we've got some guys who can take face off, some guys who can run the middle of the ice if yeah. need be. And uh, it's not, you know, like we now have two guys that like in, in Kadri and Lindholm that can run a first unit if they need to, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, Lindholm can do it and Kadri probably shouldn't be, but if Lindholm, God forbid, gets hurt, mm-hmm. then Kadri can do it. Right. Yeah. And yeah, he, he and, would be a good spot filler, you know, for, you know, if, you know, touch wood, right. If, yeah. if an injury happens, you know, on, on the top line there, especially with Lindholm, I'd be more than comfortable putting him in yeah. there for a couple of weeks. Right. And Backlund moving up to the second. I mean, he's yeah. been on the second line for how long? And exactly. Whatever. Yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. It, it, the, the way our team lines up is really good right now. hundred percent. And, and I'm, I'm always a fan of having extra, you know, center depth on, on the lines anyways. Right. For when the center gets knocked out or not knocked out, but thrown out of the face off circle <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason. Um, you got to have those guys in there that can still take a draw. Um, you you remember when Monahan was still healthy in 2019? I think. You know what i I don't I can't remember that far back, but yeah, no, I do. And I totally. Remember. We had Monahan and Lindholm on the same line, and then one of them got kicked out. The other one could win a faceoff. Like yeah. there's, we could even slot them like that if we need to, right? Like yeah. we could even put Kadri there slide Lindy over. I'd rather not, but it's a possibility, right? Yeah. It's, you know, Sutter's going to do some tinkering. I'm sure. Um, I truly think that he's going to go with, with the three, you know, top centers playing that way opposed to, you know, switching things up with putting Lindholm on the, on the wing. At least that's my hope. Um, I, I think we're deeper if we have those guys play in the middle. Um, yeah, me too. But I mean, there's there's no reason why you can't have them both playing on uh, on power play penalty kill like there's options there so i i do like that yeah absolutely um and i figured we should just dive in a little bit to his stats because this is something that's a little bit concerning like i feel like we're kind of paying him for his last season which what on earth do you mean <laughs> Well, I mean, he played on that absolutely stacked Stanley Cup um, team of Colorado. And, you know, he got, what is it, 87 points in 71 yeah. games, which is I mean, a it's... fucking ton of points. And, and like, yeah, if that was anywhere near what he would usually get, seven mil would be a steal even at seven years, honestly. Yeah. And, um, and you look at it, it wasn't even a career year for him in goals. No, it wasn't. He's he's got two thirty-two goal seasons before, and this yeah. this time he only got twenty-eight. But he's never had more than sixty-one points before this year. Yeah, which is a little concerning. And th- and he only had that once. His, that, his that was uh, previous careers high. Sorry, and that was five years ago, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah, sixty-one points, and and his career highs before this year was 61 55 and 50 points which is not 
it's really not that good, honestly. It's, but, I mean, if you take out last year's stats, it none of that is worth seven mil. No. And so, so he had a career year and he was very effective in the playoffs, which is yeah. something we need. Uh, we, we need a guy who can play in the playoffs like badly. Yeah. Um, so we brought that in and we paid a premium for it. Like we did with Blake Coleman last year. Um, well, I mean, I mean, he, he was just shy of a point per game. Uh, this, these, these last playoffs. So, I mean, again, it's not even his his best season for that, which is kind of crazy. Like for his first year in in Colorado, he had eighteen points in fifteen games. Where this last season, he had fifteen points in sixteen yeah. games. So I mean, he so he produces in the playoffs, is what you're trying to tell me. He, you know what, he has no problem doing that um, when he plays. Right, right. In in seven years, like for his career. In 52 playoff games, he has 44 points, 19 that's, of which are goals. That's that's pretty damn good. That's really good. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that that's why I'm not personally upset about the amount of money we're paying him for, for the next, you know, three years anyways, four years maybe. Exactly. Um, exactly. Once we once we reach that plateau of three, four, whatever, whatever his body allows him to be effective, you know, obviously we're going to have to revisit that, you know, is it going to be somebody that the players or sorry, the fans rip on because, you know, he's too much money for what he produces. I E Luch, which I know, I mean, I, I, myself, I, I continue to want uh, Milan on the team and, and I, I do I, too. I just wish it was like $3 million less. hundred percent. I'm sure he wishes it. So is that he didn't have to listen to the crap that we give him. Right. Yeah. um yeah i i was gonna just kind of dive in a little bit to his previous um playoff and regular season for that matter uh suspensions because it it, It, it has been a problem it's it's been a huge problem um up until this last season so um, so you know pray to god that that's like he learned from his mistakes um it's it's kind of hard sometimes to teach a thirty one year old new tricks, but hopefully, especially in hockey. But um, hopefully, they did. Um, I, I I know you pulled up those stats. I did not, and I'm really hoping that uh, there hasn't been much in the last three seasons. Um, no, I, I couldn't find a list of things past 2019. But there was something in 2019, uh, in April of 2019, he cross-tracked uh, Jake DeBrusque and got in in the playoffs and got a, um, a suspension for that. And then the year before that, he around this actually the exact same day, the year before that, April 13th, <laughs> uh, suspended three games for boarding Tommy Wingles, um. And then April fourth, two thousand sixteen, like like these are all playoff time. Yeah. Uh, suspended four games for cross checking Luke Lindenning. I know there was another one. Um, I think it was in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, maybe that he. I don't think it was in the playoffs, but he got eight games for hitting Justin Falk. Um, mm-hmm. and then he has, you know, 
one in 2013 for against Nicholas Backstrom and then a bunch of, of fines, right? Like he's, I don't know if anybody listening remembers the, what he did to Mark Giordano where he gave him the old throat slash and told him he was going to kill him and got the five, five grand uh, <laughs> suspension for that guy, which I think That's, is kind of stupid. Most and, Flames fans are going to remember that one. Yeah. And then he got two, uh, in 2016, he got two. Holy shit! <laughs> within within two weeks of each other in March, he got two different two thousand um, dollar diving penalties. Uh, diving, uh, not not suspensions, but uh, fines. Fines for diving, and, and like t- two weeks of each other. That's amazing. So he's definitely, he's got a history and we're all hoping to God that he doesn't, you know, that his last playoffs were the only games I, he missed was because he broke his finger, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so if, we like, we if all you, hope to God that that's if, what's happening. If you look at his last three seasons for, for playoffs, um, at least while he's been in Colorado, um, the 2019-20 season, was uh, you know he played fifteen games, had ten minutes of, of penalties, which, which, that's yeah, not bad. That's not bad at all, right? With eighteen points, I, and he was a plus three. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, the next year, the twenty twenty one season, he played two games, one assist, ten minutes again. Um, you know, not great, but you know, still. Was there? I mean, if there was suspension that uh, happened in that in that year, I don't remember it. Um, but then, of course, this this season that just uh, passed, there was sixteen games. He only had eight minutes in in penalties in the playoffs. So, kind of where See, that, I'm going with that is 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 almost all of his uh, garbage in the playoffs, whether it be suspensions and fines, and or even during the regular season seems to have come when he was playing in Toronto under, under a very different microscope with the media there, you know, you're always, you're on a pedestal, you're, you're, it's, it's a different atmosphere than, than playing in Colorado for sure. And he was a much younger player as well, right? hundred percent. And, and some guys like the guy who he's quote unquote replacing in, in Kachuk, you know, he's only what, 24, he's already, yeah. learned a tremendous amount as, as compared to the like three headshots every year he used to deliver right and yeah. that's kind of what it seems like is happening with Kadri you know except like six seven years later yeah. in his career he's finally learning that well so, that's right and if, and if you look at the difference between a the upbringing I mean I know I know nothing about Kadri's actual personal upbringing I'm talking yeah. more on the hockey side of things yeah um if you remember, you know, the, the one big incident that Kachuk had and Brad took him aside and made like, like, a, like a true father brought him out in front of the media, in front of the cameras and forced him and made him to apologize for what he had done. Yeah. And I think you know Keith I mean? was actually in that too. I right? believe so too. Keith, I, I don't know if he talked on the phone or if he, they, they went and yeah. talked to each other, but Brad, like if he's holding his players accountable, then there's even yeah. less reason for, for Naz to go out and exactly you know, do, do what he used to be known to do. And, you know, that's it's, right. It's always going to be there because it's quite a hefty uh, history, but at the same time, 
Yeah, hundred percent. And then one of the big reasons why I bring that up is obviously with with Nazem in in Toronto, they don't have that. They don't have that Brad father figure pulling you pulling you aside, going, "What the fuck have you done? Like you don't do that here, right?" In Toronto, they they almost relish those things because it just means way more media attention. There's more there's more microphones at at the scrums because they want to ask those questions and that they thrive on that as an organization. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I think when he got to Colorado, things kind of changed because they don't thrive on that. That's not their, that's, that's not what they do. Right. Right. They, they go and they play hockey. And that's why, that's why obviously with his age, you know, that that's a factor as well. But, you know, in the last couple of years playing in Colorado, that just wasn't a thing. It just, and that's, that's you know, just daddy Joe Sackick probably too, right? hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Probably had a thing or two to say about a thing or two. And you know what? Like there's a lot of things I've heard about McKinnon recently that I haven't been that big of a fan of, like how absolutely ridiculous he is about what his teammates eat and shit like that. But at the same time, that means he's also holding his, his teammates accountable. Right. Yeah. So maybe that had a little rub off effect and maybe the great leadership of, of, um, you know, Gabriel Landis club or whatever, who, whoever it may have been, Eric Johnson, even like, who knows? Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. If you look at, at Toronto over the last, you know, however many years, like look at the leadership that, that he's had. Yeah. Like not, not great. Not, yeah. not the best. I mean, who did they have? I guess those were probably like the FNF years, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, so hey, let's go. go to the bar. I've got a guy that uh, that can sell us some blow. I think something like that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we take a break and uh, let everyone know who our sponsors are? Yeah, might as well. All right, guys. We'll be right back in uh, just a couple of minutes. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all your major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. I'm a Blue Jays fan, and so we're always looking to make some bets. I'm going to make mine. You should make yours. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Holy. That was a lot of information, right? Anyways, speaking of information, we also uh, traded a beloved... Calgary Flame. Calgary Flame. The I beginning apologize. of our rebuild, the, the guy who sparked our rebuild when he was drafted. Number 23. Um, as, as my daughter referred to him for quite a number of years when she was younger, Sean Monahare. <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's it's been a joke in our house for years and years and years. Uh. Um you know what? It's 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 a sad state of affairs when the body gives up 
on you. Especially when you're what, 28, 27, 27. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it sucks. It's, it's the business of, of hockey. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Right. You know, a, a huge fall from grace from, from being that 20 to 30 goal guy consistently every year. Um, you know, and then injuries just riddled this poor kid. It, it's it sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah, one wrist to the other wrist to the other uh, to one hip to the other hip, and all yeah. of that needed surgery, and it was all within like a two year period there, and and yeah. it just kind of messed with his ability to uh, do do much to help the team, and yeah. or even himself really, because he's so such a proud guy. He just wanted to keep playing when he shouldn't have. Yeah, um, absolutely, and that and that's clear given. Um, up until this last one, um, but every other injury before that, I mean, he attempted to play through it. It was very visible and obvious that he was going through something every time Absolutely. he had the injury. But I mean, you, you can't you can't fault his uh, his give a shit because I mean he he tried to play through it and and fight through it. And I, I couldn't imagine the amount of pain that 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 the poor guy was playing through there for probably three three full seasons. Close to that, and and yeah. if you think about it, like he's a sentiment, so he pivots lots. He takes yeah. faceoffs. That's got to be hard on the hips. And then, oh. and then his other job is to, you know, historically throughout <laughs> his career has been to stand in front of the net and yeah. and slap in in some wristers, right? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that, for that I'm pretty sure cross checks in the in the in the lower back aren't great for the hip either. Exactly right. You know, like, you know, plus plus his other injuries were were his wrist, right? Which I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a pretty pretty key thing for taking faceoffs. So you know what? And I Sean, want to give him some credit. Yeah, um, give him. Did you hear? Credit. Did you hear his interview in Montreal? Or well, I guess he wasn't in Montreal, but with the Montreal media. I listened to a little bit of it, and I wanted to go back to it once it wasn't live, so I can start it at the beginning and the and the okay. link that I had. Um, was broken after that and wouldn't actually play it. So I've, so I've heard about a minute and a half of it. Okay. So I won't spoil too much of it for you, but one thing that really stood out to me is he did something that he's never really done before, even in the last few years when he's been, you know, chronically injured. Uh, he's he's always done this thing where he says, he says he's okay or he... Um, says he's okay too quickly and then he tries to come back and he's not fully healthy and it's he took um he took um all the responsibility of that in in that interview he said it, it's you know my own doing that i just wanted to play and i should and i shouldn't have type of thing is what he said um i'm paraphrasing but uh and then he basically said that because he had the surgery, you know, a few weeks before uh, he did the last year, uh, as far as, you know, time-wise left in the season is concerned. Uh, apparently he's been back on the ice for four days a week for a few weeks, and he's planning on on training hard. And he kept saying in the interview that he wanted to come back to playing at a, at a high level and believes he can, and he feels better than he ever has. Like, Good since since he was injured and he might play for a different team 
I wish him the best because he was a again Absolutely. he was a soldier for us. He really was. He was a soldier for us on the ice. Um, he he was amazing within our community. Um, really good. With, yeah, with it, you know, with his charity and, and and stuff like that. And and to you know, quite honestly, you know, because I'm twice his age, well, almost twice his age. Um, you know, like I I've been watching him since he was a, like literally a kid. 18. And and watching him come up and and you know he carries himself in a different way than than you know than what some fans like as far as in front of the camera and stuff because he's always kind of shy right he's never he's never outspoken he's not that guy but no. but watching him kind of progress as a as a human as a man and and all that fun stuff growing into a man absolutely yeah no I I I appreciate him being with the, with the organization for many years it's sad that it ended up the way it did and i and absolutely i wish him nothing but the best in montreal and i i really hope that he gets his career back on track absolutely um with that said would you like to tell the fine people what the trade was and why it happened the way it did so the trade um you're not going to make me uh break down the uh no okay good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I, Tree Living yeah. can't even do that properly. Right. No, he, he, yeah. he and why would he? Um, yeah. So yeah, so effectively, because of essentially his fall from grace and and just his injuries and and where he's slotted within the organization over the last two seasons, especially with Daryl. Uh, Daryl holds his guys accountable, so he went from the first line, second line, third, and then kind of transferred between third and fourth last year before obviously ultimately going uh, on on uh, long-term uh, injured reserve. Yeah. Um, so we traded Monaghan and a conditional first-round pick, which uh, to start with is the one that we received from trading Matthew Kachuk to Florida, which is, what, 2025? So, yeah. Um, right, it's 2025. I, I believe that's the one that's originally in the in the trade. But yeah. either way, it's it's either going to be our pick, I believe, it's, that year or their pick that year or our pick the next year or their pick the next year, depending on where the yeah where the conditions go and if it has to get pushed to the next year then we also have to give them either a third or a fourth yeah but we're not going to break down too much of the um no but so so effectively the we gave them the 25 the 2025 pick from florida and then the condition is it can either be the 24 or the 26 depending on how things break down um on our end of things they're top uh top 10 pick protected right for all three years on and one of them is top one protected, which is weird, but yeah. Well, all three are top 10. Um, yeah. And then on Montreal's side of things, they're bottom four protected. Yeah. So if we slot anywhere in there, then they have the option to to move it along. So exactly. So effectively, for the for once 2024 happens, if we're not in a position to be drafting in the top, sorry, the last four, then they get, they have the option to, to grab another year. Right. So, yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, it, effectively it's going to end up being the 25 
pick is what what'll it, it I'm pretty it. sure it's just gonna end up being Florida's yeah. uh twenty five pick. Yeah, but exactly. There's a small chance that it could be one of several other options, but sure. all of them include a first round pick. Yeah. Um but yeah, basically it was a salary dump. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Yeah, we and we, and, and we, to open the roster spot. That's right. And and the word the word is that we actually had uh, Nazem signed almost a week ago. Yeah. Or had the agreement with with Kadri almost a week ago. Yeah. But we had to make a move, right? We had to clear off, you know, Sean's contract, uh, which was what uh, six point three seven five, I believe. Yep. Um. So we had to get that off the books before we could actually sign it because you don't want to sign the contract and then try and deal the player because the other teams within the league are going to be like, yeah, well, you're bent over now. And so we're we, going to ask for more. Yeah, we would have had to give more with, you know, like a very recently former 20 to 30 goal scorer, which would, would have sucked, right? Yeah. So I mean, I, honestly, the first round kind of sucked anyways. I was does. expecting it to cost us a third rounder or something like that. True. But uh, especially because there's only one year left. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, well, we didn't retain yeah. any salary, which is nice. Yeah. Um, normally on a salary dump, you you know you, you retain, retain a quarter of it or something. Yeah. So so we let it all go. Um, so it's it's I, it is what it is, right? Where yeah. you know we it's it's off the books. It's damn close to what Kadri's contract is. And again, it was only for a year, like you said. So, and we know. still have a first round pick that year. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure, no matter which way it happens, we still have a first round pick that year. In yeah, in 2025, you mean? Yeah, whichever whichever year they take the pick from, because part of the conditions are also Florida's conditions, which would kick their. Uh, kick their first round pick to the next year but um right yeah it's uh it's a very confusing uh long long ass page of of uh conditions but again like you said it is what it is it, it's something that had to be done in order to get uh Nazim Kadri signed um it's 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 really fun actually. If, if anybody that's listening, if you want to check out Cap Friendly, um, on and and look at the next three seasons worth of draft picks that the Flames have, there's a lot of asterisks on it, and they only do three seasons worth. Um, the 2024 just says um, so the asterisk that it's uh, contingent on a on a trade from today. Uh, the 2025 first, same thing from today. The third round in uh, 2025 has a, a caveat for the trade for today. Same with the fourth round. So there, yeah. there's so many moving parts as, as far as the conditions go on that draft pick. And I mean, quite frankly, I don't think we're going to know until it's actually announced the year that they're taking the pick. Like, yeah. They like the list on it there that uh, Matt, that Matt posted in our, in our chat was yeah. like, Holy, Holy crap. Like I'm, I'm not reading that. Like there's, I've got better things to do with my time. Like that was. I've tried reading novel. it several times. Got yeah. about halfway through a couple times. Kind of got the general gist of it, yeah. but yeah, it's there's a lot of conditions, none, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, long and short. Sorry to see you go, Sean. Sorry that it worked out the way it is. It's the business of hockey. Wish you good luck, brother. Yeah. And now we've got, I believe we still have 2 million-ish in-cap space left. We have 2.136. Right. And we also still have like a whole bunch of seventh defensemen that we probably could get rid of, you know, say a Valimaki or... Or whoever else, you know, Valimaki's worth two million dollars on the cap, so that's, you know, mm-hmm. there's possibly four million. Yep. Just as a, just as a, you know, thought, there's still some more moves that could be made if we need to make them. Yeah, absolutely. Valimaki is uh, one point five five, and uh, is an RFA uh, after next season. Oh, I thought he was two for some reason, but still, that so there's three and a half, mm-hmm. which is a lot more than nothing. Yeah, absolutely, and and then I mean we have uh, Oliver Shillington at two point five for the next two seasons. Yeah, I mean, there's there's options. There is options. You know, with Nick Maloche, we have uh, Dennis Gilbert. We have quite a few guys, and the thing is, is you could even package a couple of those guys up and send them somewhere, and then you know Mike Stone, I pretty much guarantee you he's sitting there waiting for a roster spot to open up for him. You know what? And, and if he does and if it doesn't, he probably won't play. I truly hope that we find a way to slot Mike Michael Stone in for Me too. I love Mike Stone. If not minimal half of next season, the full yeah. season. Like I have I have all the time in the world for for Mike Stone. Um also also to know we do still need to uh uh, sign Adam Ruzica. Now that some of the, you know, obviously the big stuff has been done for Brad when he gets back from from Texas, I'm sure that'll be, uh, yeah. you know, item number one. I I suspect. I'm not I'm not gonna go out here and say this for sure, but my guess is it's not gonna be more than like one point two million dollars on a one or two year deal for for Ruzica. At most, yeah, I agree. Right? I, I think it'll come in at nine 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 hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, and and the other thing is, is like we've got some forward depth too. Yeah, I really like Rosiska. I'd love to see him get a full time gig next year, mm-hmm. but he's another like you know, package up a guy with talent like Rosiska and a guy with talent who's probably needs a fresh start. I'll say nicely in Valimaki. You package those two guys up, and you could probably get something decent out of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, you know, I, I've been talking about packaging Valimaki and Chillington um, for a while, um, but I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, we could package Rizika. I know Sutter um, speaks very highly of him, and I do too. Like I said, I love Rizika. I'd love mm-hmm. to keep him. But it's there's so many options. We're like we're deep as fuck, honestly, on the blue line, and we're deep as fuck in some, you know, positions. Pretty much all non right wing positions. Yeah. Uh, and we're even somewhat deep on on in that too. Like we've got options, Chris, and Dude. I don't think we've had this many options in a long time. It's it. You're right. It has been a while, and. It's funny you actually mentioned the right wing position because Adam is listed in cap friendly as 
a center slash uh, right winger. Oh, really? Yeah. I've only ever seen him play center, I believe. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, guys switch around all the time. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I watched, um, you know, 30, 40 AHL games last year. I watched four, and three of them were in the playoffs when Rizisco wasn't even there. So, right. Uh, yeah, that's I, right. I wouldn't know. <laughs> that's it's kind of a crying shame, right? Like, like Stockton, you know, obviously uh, Cal- Calgary Wranglers. Wranglers now, but Stockton was. I love a, that you have to say that every time now. Hundred percent. Um, they're they're in a pretty intense playoff run, and one of their top guys is just watching Flames play hockey from the press box. So that's. I, I really and Valimaki was too for a long time. Yeah, that's right. I mean, not that he's one of their top guys because he was honestly in the on the second pair for a large part of the last season, but yeah, in the AHL. Yeah, well, I guess when you become full of attitude, that's just the way she goes, right? Yep. Souther isn't gonna bend because you're got a shit attitude, most likely. Well, no, exactly. Sutter came in. Um, last year, so the 2021 season, and uh, Valimaki was kind of a regular on the Flames until Sutter came to town, and and what do you know, the kid is finding it hard to find ice time in, in Stockton. Yeah, right? like that's that's a little bit of a far reach there for Daryl. Right? <laughs> I right? love it. Like, he just, he, he immediately started riding, riding uh, Valimaki on the pine, right? Yeah. You know, which is fine. But yeah, I mean, Adam Adam played 28 games last year, and I'm hoping he can slot into at least 60 this year. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna. I think 60 is gonna be a lot, especially yeah. considering the roster we've got going on right now. But I, I wouldn't. I would bet he probably hits 40, 45 ish. Yeah, I mean, even but, that'll be tough. I think we're gonna have to move somebody out in order to accomplish that. Um, obviously. Um, you know, sending sending Sean away helps, but of course we brought in another. But then you bring in Kadri, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, is there a lot of options for for uh, Adam to play next year? Who knows? I I don't. Uh, yeah, it's it's really hard to say because, like I said, uh, Sutter speaks pretty highly of him, which he doesn't necessarily do that often. So I, I think he, especially probably, with young players. Yeah. I think he took him aside and uh, gave him a few, uh, here's what you need to do to make it kind of conversations. And so, we'll yeah. see. Um, and I think that'll probably about do it for us today. Um, that was a great conversation, Chris. And uh, we will be back uh, with a little bit of a, a little bit of a preview of our forward corpse and a little bit of a preview of our, of our uh, defensive system uh, in two different episodes in the next uh, week or two. Yeah. So you know, stay on the lookout for that on uh, the hockey podcast network, uh, Apple music, Spotify, all that type of stuff. Make and sure you, uh, YouTube. Make sure you follow it, share it, tell your friends. Um, like I said, we're, we're new to the hockey podcast network. We've been, uh, Dylan and I have been working together for, I guess like what, three years now. Close to on, it. Yeah. On, uh, on two different, 
two different shows. We were involved in another one previous to uh, Armchair GM podcast, and uh, just just love talking Flames. Well, just love talking hockey for that matter. Um, I know you're probably feeling the same way as as I am. I'm kind of excited for the season coming up. And- I am too, man. I'm I'm really surprised the way that this season started. That I'm this pumped just- up. Just an absolute roller coaster of emotions over the last month. Man yeah. alive, you know, lose our our you know two of our top guys to gain what we've gained with you know Kadri and Huberdo and Uyghur and like man alive. It's been fun, you know. It, it's been fun since the first week and a half to two weeks was torture. I was, was on it? I was on vacation and and you know just. Reading a reading about it every once in a while, you know, sitting on the on the beach, but it was. I mean, obviously that wasn't torture, but you know, the the reading about it was. So, good on Absolutely. you, Brad. You you you've done a complete one eighty compared to what was happening a month ago, and well, God damn it, I think you saved your job. You did. Cheers. Cheers. All right, everybody, have a good night. We'll see you next week. Go Flames. Go Flames, go.